Good evening and welcome to a Saturday evening, uh, November the 13th edition of the Christian Underground News Network. I'm your host, Kurt Chamberlain, along with your co-host, Pastor Dick Chamberlain, and our regular Saturday night guest, Lucas Doremus. Um, I'm glad Lucas is with us tonight, and I want our audience to know, Lucas, uh, as usual, you're always... Uh, uh, looked forward to on Saturday night uh, by by myself and Pastor, and, and uh, from according to our analytics, a whole lot of people are looking forward to hearing what you've got to tell us. So, with that being said, I, I want to let our listeners know that not only does Lucas teach uh, very very well and has a spiritual gift of it, uh, he also has some other talents that he has utilized that he is graciously lending us uh, in the creation of our own website and uh, I want to announce that we have now our own website for the Christian Underground News Network and uh, you can access our website by typing in the keywords what says the scripture.com what says the scripture.com and you can get to the Christian Underground News Network website we have some things to offer you on that website. Uh, really wonderful resources that uh, that will you will have at your disposal. So check it out. Let us know. Uh, right now we do not have a workable email for it, but but again, Lucas is working on that. And uh, as talented as he is, he I'm sure he will have something whipped up in almost no time. But we'll notify you when that is completed. But for now, you can check out the website at whatsaysthescripture.com. And Lucas, thank you very much for all the hard work you put in on that. Yeah, and if I can add, we don't have like a contact us form on the website, but we do have emails set up. We you can have actually, email set up. So right. if, if you're listening, you can email Curtis, C-U-R-T-I-S, at what the script, <laughs> I can't even say it. What says the scripture.com, or you can yeah. email Lucas, L U C A S, at what says the scripture.com. We will get it. Yeah, we will get it. Uh, Pastor Dick has one too. Uh, I, I actually I didn't give him one because I didn't think he'd, you know, know how to use it. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, All right. No You're offense, right. Pastor. How to... <laughs> <You're right. laughs> I make no apology for it. No, <laughs> none necessary. None necessary, but okay, good. So we do have working email. Uh, we just have a separate account. It's not linked to the website as of yet, correct? There's just not, say, a button to send us an email on the website. But if you just type in it, whatever email you use, if you type that in there, Curtis at what says the scripture or Lucas at what says the scripture, we'll get it. Okay, all right, very, very good. So there you, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. You have questions, you have comments, if you've got criticisms, you know, any of that stuff, we're, we're happy, more than happy to hear it. And uh, we look forward to hearing from our listeners uh, from uh, here in the contiguous United States and from all over the world. Uh, we're listened to in 30 other countries, for crying out loud. Hey, we're, 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 we're reaching. So uh, the gospel message is getting out there. Now, Lucas, what? are we going to be going over tonight well we're going to be talking about first the parable of the rich fool and then we'll get to some others 
Ooh, uh, I think what, everybody knows a little something about that parable, but no, I I thought you were gonna say everybody knows something about being a fool, but I guess that's uh, <laughs> actually I was gonna say that, however, I changed it mid sentence. Oh, no, I'm oh, kidding. Oh, some of it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's let's get on with what's okay. All right. Mm -hmm. All right. So, so this is a rich fool, and then what else? Uh, we'll we'll get some wedding invitees and the Ooh. weddings things, but we'll we'll see how far we get. We might get to more. But if okay. you would if you would take your Bible, if you have it, and turn to Luke chapter twelve, that's where we're going to be. And uh, the uh, the parable of the rich fool is uh, is a great one. Uh, it uh, it kind of leads into a lot of things that Ecclesiastes has to say which I'm going to uh, try to not go too deep into because that's a whole nother lesson or a whole nother book <laughs> or a whole nother series or something like that. But we're in uh, Luke chapter 12, verse 13. And uh, th this gives us the context of the parable. Uh, in verse 13, it says, then one from the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Um, Pastor, I don't know if I, I haven't had this sort of thing happen where, you know, you're teaching or you're doing something and somebody kind of uses you to make their point or, you know, uses you to try to get what they want. Uh, you know, that's what's going on here is this guy, he wants his brother to divide the inheritance. So he's using Jesus to yeah. get what he wants. Yeah. Uh, verse 14. I love this verse. It kind of kind of smacks us in the head sometimes and says but he said to him so this is jesus talking man who made me a judge or an arbiter over you uh, that word arbiter could also mean administrator um, and i love that verse because you know don't wait wait a minute isn't jesus the judge doesn't he judge all mankind yep. so wait a minute why is jesus saying he's not the judge over this guy well what Jesus is saying is, look, don't bring me into this. You're, you're trying to get something selfish. You're trying to sin here. Don't make me a part of it. Right. <laughs> you know, that's what Jesus is saying, you know. Uh, and then he said to them, so this is verse 15. So I think Jesus must have turned to the crowd. So he kind of kind of puts this guy in his place. Then he turns to the crowd and says, take heed and beware of covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Now, that word covetousness can also mean greediness. Yep. And so just beware that or watch that we're not being greedy. Uh, greed can take us over. Um, I don't know. I know my kids have done this, thankfully, only a few times. Uh, but, you know, when they want something and or they want a toy that somebody else has, and they kind of go ballistic over it. Um, you know, that's that's the because kids, you know, they don't have some of that maturity to to cover it. But, you know, we adults, we can do it the same way. Um, we can lie, cheat, steal if we want to get something. Uh, and so, yeah, be so beware of covetousness. Now, that's actually the provoked thought of the parable. So we don't even have to tell the parable. We're done. Let's just move on. No, let's actually get to the parable. But that's the lesson right there. So then the parable starts in verse 16 of Luke 12. It says, then he spoke a parable to them, saying, the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. 
And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure toward himself and is not rich toward God. Whoa. So this rich man in this story, uh, he did very, very well uh, in his farming, very well. And actually, there's nothing wrong with that because who gives the increase of his crops? Well, God did. Um, and he probably worked diligently. And, you know, so there's nothing yeah. wrong with having this bountiful harvest. Absolutely nothing wrong. Um, but, but what does he do then? Well, he doesn't have enough to store all the crops he had. So he's going to tear down his barns and build bigger barns. Now, is there anything actually wrong with that? Well, no, if you don't, no. if you have enough crops and you don't have a place to store it, or sell it or anything, yeah, you should probably build something new to store it. Nothing wrong with that. But then what does he say in the next verse? I will say to myself, soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for years. Take your ease. And so what he, what Jesus is saying here is this guy became lazy. He had enough crops that he wasn't going to work anymore. Mm -hmm. And so that's why he said, eat, drink, and be merry. Take your ease. Don't even have to work hard. I've got enough goods to last me the rest of my life. So it's interesting in that what prompts the story is this guy telling Jesus that he doesn't have enough. So Jesus, make this guy split the inheritance so I can have more. Well, that's that greed. Well, this parable sort of comes at it from the other angle where this guy has everything he needs. And so he doesn't want to do anything else with his life, which is actually just another way of being greedy. And so then the last verse, so is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Well, this man was very rich, earthly speaking. Uh, but as Ecclesiastes says, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Um, you are not going to take anything with you when you die. No earthly thing will go with you to heaven. Um, now, I heard one guy say one time, which I kind of like this, the only thing you can take to heaven is your kids. And I kind of yeah. and I kind of like that, you know, <laughs> Uh, nothing earthly will go with you. The closest you can get to taking something with you is your kids, but God doesn't have grandparents. They've got to believe on their own. That's correct. You know, but, uh, but so, so then in verse 20, the reason I'm going into all that is because God says to him, fool, this night, your soul will be required of you. What that means is this guy's going to die that night. Yeah. And so, all the hard work he did to build up this uh, legacy, I guess, where he wouldn't have to work hard anymore. He didn't work hard for God. And so all the things he worked for his life that he used to be greedy so he wouldn't have to do anything else. Well, now that he's going to die that night, none of that work is worth anything. 
Right. Not one single thing. It's all wheat and chaff. Yep. Um, and so we want to make sure we're not greedy for earthly things because they aren't going to last. We want to make sure we're laying up treasure toward God. Turn to Matthew 6, if you have your Bible. Um, this is the more uh, well-known verse that goes on this uh, topic. Uh, this is in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. It says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Now, the whole idea here is that this moth, you know, back then, basically, moths, bugs, they would ruin everything. Mm -hmm. uh, that word rust is actually interesting. It's actually dealing with grain and yep. grain that would go bad. Um, and so basically the, the, with this moth and rust, essentially Jesus is saying your earthly treasures will deteriorate. You know, they will get worse over time. They will not last. Um, one of the things I don't like in life, I, I hate buying cars. Um, there, a couple a couple years ago i had to buy three cars in one year uh, um yeah i got hit uh one time and that got totaled and you know another car the rust got, you know anyway i had to buy three cars in a year and it's such a stressful process nerve-wracking because i'm never going to buy a used car so i'm always buying used and you don't know what that used car is really going to do it could flop on you yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, you can look under the hood and have it checked out, but who knows, you might have a repair that you couldn't foresee with that car. It right. just, things deteriorate. Things get worse over time. They don't last. That's what Jesus is saying with those. Now, the second is thieves break in and steal. You can have things stolen from you. Things can just go away. Um, so things on earth, they deteriorate and they can be stolen. But it says, verse 20 in Matthew, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. So the rewards you're going to gain in heaven, those treasures, nothing's ever going to happen to those. Those are yours for eternity. And what a wonderful thing that they won't ever be taken away. And then, he, and then Jesus concludes it, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So what are we working for? Are we greedy for things on earth that won't last? Or are we greedy for heavenly treasures? You know, kind of like Paul said, I have run the race. I have finished the race and I get the prize and the, uh, there is laid up for me a crown in heaven. Yep. You know, I want to see that. Now, the last thing about this parable that I want to address, he did say, eat, drink and be merry. Well, doesn't Solomon say the same thing? Nothing is better for a man that he eat, drink, and be merry. Well, there's a little difference in how Solomon puts it. So if you turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Context, context, context. Yep, Check, because Solomon does say eat, drink, and be merry, and so does yes, this rich does. man, and, and what's the difference? Well, Ecclesiastes chapter 5, um, chapter 18, there's about five cadences that talk about eat, drinking, or nothing is better you know, in Ecclesiastes, we're just going to talk about one of them. In chapter 5, verse 18, Solomon says, here's what I have seen. It is good and fitting for one to eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor in which he toils under the sun all the days of his life, which God gives him, for it is his heritage. 
the difference here is that Solomon never said, take your ease. Solomon always kept working, talked about working hard and keeping your labor. Why? For it is your heritage. It's what God gave you. Uh, I often go back to these verses, you know, if something's going wrong in your life and you don't know why and you think you should be doing something else or, uh, you know, whatever, God puts you where he wants you right now so you can trust him. So if you don't think you are where you are, or you don't think you're doing what you should be doing or anything like that, well, God has you exactly where he wants you. And if you're having those thoughts, you need to trust him. So that's the difference. Solomon is saying, eat, drink, and be merry and enjoy the good of your labor, not eat, drink, and be merry, be greedy and lazy. So that's the difference. So all that to stay, store up treasures in heaven not here on earth. Those are all fade away. Yep. Don't be greedy for things on earth. Okay. We can go to the next one. Let's do the parable of the wedding invitees. So this is uh, Luke chapter 14, and we'll get into the context, context here. So we'll go to Luke 14 verse 1. And so Jesus is getting invited to a dinner and he's going to have a little conversation about the Sabbath. Yeah. Now, the Sabbath, yeah. that was if, there was, if there was one issue that really drove a wedge between Jesus and the Pharisees, it was probably the Sabbath. Yeah. Now, we talked about this weeks ago when we uh, went through the Bible and just led up to from the beginning of creation all the way to when Jesus shows up. Uh, we talked about the reason that the Pharisees were so keen on the Sabbath to protect that, put all these rules around it, is because that's why they were sent into exile, is because God told the Jews, give the land a Sabbath every seven years. So every seven years, every seventh year, don't plant your crops. Well, they didn't do that, apparently, for 490 years, and that's why they were sent in captivity to Babylon for 70 years. So 490 divided by seven is 70. And so the Jews realized that, that, oh, we never gave the land Sabbath, the seven-year Sabbath, so we are never going to break the Sabbath again, and then we'll never get exiled. That was their thought process. Mm -hmm. um, and still, um, now, I've never been to Israel, but I've heard stories that if you are on the Sabbath and you go into an elevator, um, the Jews are not allowed to push the button on the elevator because that would be breaking the Sabbath. And so there is still this idea that we've got to set the Sabbath so far apart and protect it so much that we can't even do something like push a button on an elevator. And I would encourage you, if, if you are Jewish and listening to this, um, Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath, and he said that Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Yeah. God made the Sabbath for our benefit to give us rest, not that we can put the Sabbath apart and make so many rules around it that it loses God's intent. Yeah, that's, that, that's morphing into legalism. Right. Yes, yes, Rather it is. than depending upon grace. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So with that, that kind of gives us the background to this story and one of them and all the many where Jesus disagreed with the Sabbath. Luke chapter 14, verse one. 
it says, now it happened as he went into the house of one of the rulers of the Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath, that they watched him closely. And behold, there was a certain man before him who had dropsy. And Jesus answering, uh, answering what? Well, maybe the guy asked him to heal him. I don't know. Uh, spoke to the lawyers and Pharisees saying, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? But they kept silent. Hmm. So they didn't want to say anything. I wonder why. Well, we'll get to that. And he took him and healed him and let him go. Verse five. Then he, that's Jesus, answered them saying, which of you having a donkey or an ox that has fallen into a pit will not immediately pull him out on the Sabbath day? And they could not answer him regarding these things. All right. So Jesus puts them into a catch 22 or in between a rock and a hard place or just a place that no matter what they answered, it was the wrong answer. Jesus asked this question about helping an animal out on the Sabbath because he knows that every Pharisee in there, if their animal falls in a pit on the Sabbath, they're going to get that animal out. He knows every single one of them is going to do that. Now, what he's doing is he's saying, so is it okay if I heal somebody from dropsy on the Sabbath? And if they say no, then they're saying that they also can't get their animal out on the pit. Right. And if they say yes, then they basically make Jesus the Lord of the Sabbath and it breaks down their whole structure. Either way they answer, they can't get it right. All right, so that's the context. He's at this dinner. And so then verse 7 in Luke 14, it says, So he told a parable to those who were invited when he noted how they chose the best places, saying to them, well, stop. So the Jews, they had a pecking order when they got invited. They had a yeah. seating arrangement, and it was based on status. Um, sometimes we don't see that much anymore. You know, like even at weddings, I've noticed most weddings don't have a bride and a groom side anymore. They just kind of combine. Um, a lot of the receptions for weddings, it's just kind of a sit anywhere. There might not even be a seating arrangement. So we don't see this as much, but there, you know, they had a, a pecking order. They had an order to which they sat according to their stature. So verse eight, when you are invited by, by anyone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in the best place, lest one more honorable, honorable than you be invited by him. And he who invited you and him come and say to you, give place to this man. And then you begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit down in the lowest place, so that when he who invited you comes, he may say to you, friend, go up higher. Then you will have glory in the presence of those who sit at the table with you. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. So this parable, that verse uh, 17, for whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. There's our provoked thought. Um, not much more explanation other than Jesus, be humble. Because if you sit in a seat that has a higher stature than you deserve, you kind of get shame when you've got to move because now everyone's watching and noticing that you don't have the stature you thought you did. But if you always sit in the lowest place and you're brought up, everybody's seeing you move to a higher spot. 
And so you should always be humble and not think of yourself more highly than you ought. And who could be a better example than Jesus himself? Turn to Philippians chapter 2. Jesus modeled this behavior more than any other human could have ever done. Uh, This passage in Philippians, it's all about Jesus and who he made himself out to be. So this is Philippians 2, verse 7. It says, but he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Jesus, God of the universe, came down and made himself a human. What could be more humbling than that? I don't think there's anything that can be. Verse 9, therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the father. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So Jesus, when he says, whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Well, Jesus did that. He humbled himself more than anybody else. And he's going to be exalted more than anybody else. Turn to Romans chapter 12. Now, this is one of those verses that I quote to myself often. Verse one. For, for, well, that's a good, that wasn't the one I was thinking of, but that is a very good one. Romans 12, <laughs> verse one. Uh, I was thinking of verse uh, chapter 12, verse 16, where it says, be of the same oh, mind okay. toward one another. Do not yeah. set your mind on high things or haughty things, mm-hmm. but associate with the humble. And then it says this. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Yeah. Um, or another yeah. way it could be said, it's a, it could be said, do not be wise at yourself. That's right. <laughs> don't so, think you are so wise that yeah, you are better than somebody, whatever. Go ahead, Curtis. Don't pat yourself on the back too hard. Mm-hmm. Now, there is nothing wrong. I think there's nothing wrong with recognizing that God gave you abilities. That's you bet. Right. You bet. Um, that recognizing that God gave you skill, nothing wrong with that because God did. And if you're good at something, you should recognize that you're good at it, but you better recognize where that came from. That's right. Mm -hmm. And use that, whatever skill that is for God's glory. Yep. Amen. And so that's that parable. Very simple. Don't be, or sorry, don't be haughty, be humble. Yeah. Now the next parable is right after that leads right into it it's the parable of the wedding inviter mm-hmm. so we wrote the parable of the wedding invitees and now jesus has something to the person who planned it or it did the inviting so this is back in luke 14 this is chapter 12 so it's right after the next parable or the parable we just read verse 12 in chapter 14 then he also said to him who invited him When you give a dinner or a supper, do not ask your friends, your brothers, your relatives, your rich nor rich neighbors, lest they also invite you back and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the maimed, the blind, the lame, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you shall be repaid at the resurrection of the just. 
Now, the first knee-jerk reaction I have to this is going, wait a minute, you mean I can't ever have a feast or a party or a dinner with my family? No, 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 that's not what Jesus is saying. In fact, Jesus did that at the Passover supper. Yeah. Uh, he had a, a dinner with the 12 people that he was closest with. Yeah. So no, Jesus isn't saying never have your friends or your brother's relatives, never have those people over. The point is in verse 13 or verse 14, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. So we find out the intent of the person who did the inviting to this dinner. He was inviting other all, uh, all these other people to his dinner so they would invite him to one of their dinners. And it's just this cycle of I pat your pat back, you pat mine, I scratch you, you scratch me. Don't do that. That's what Jesus is getting at. So don't do things for people in order to get repaid by them. That's what Jesus's point here. In fact, it'd be better to, to invite the, quote, undesirables, uh, the poor, the maimed, the lame, and the blind, precisely for the fact that they can't repay you. Now, when you do those things for people that can't repay you, what happens? Uh, you get rewards. You get to be repaid for that when? At the resurrection of the just. So the, pre the previous or the two parables ago, the parables of the rich fool, lay up your treasures in heaven. Well, one way to do that is to do things for people that can't repay you. Yeah. And you know what? If you do, you should do things for people that can repay you also, but you should never expect anything. Um, I do things for friends and family all the time, but I never, ever expect anything from them. Uh, if you loan somebody money, never expect to get repaid for it. I think it's just better that way. Now, if they want to repay you, great. And that's fine. And if they want to pay you and they're, you know, going to break your kneecaps over it like Pastor Dick does to me, let him repay Because, <laughs> <laughs> Pastor, I sometimes I do things for you that I don't want to get repaid for, but you do it anyway because you threaten me. So I let you repay me. That's all right. <laughs> I do it out of love. Okay. All right. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with accepting a repayment. The point is, don't do something to expect that repayment. Right. Because right. that's, that's the wrong correct. attitude. That's, yep. Now, yep. that sort of thing, that never happens in the modern church. Right, Pastor Dick? <laughs> All the time it happens <laughs> in the modern church. Turn to James chapter 2. We see this is a very old attitude. Oh, welcome to our church. Oh, you could donate a lot of money. Why don't you come be in charge of something and sit on our board and be an elder, maybe? Mm -hmm. Ah, okay. So James in chapter two, he addresses this very idea. James chapter two, verse one, it says, My brethren, do not behold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. Well, if you want to put a term on this parable and what the inviter was doing, he was showing favoritism to people who could repay him. Yeah. Verse two, for if there should come into your assembly, a man with gold rings and fine apparel, and there should also come in a poor man in filthy clothes, and you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes and say to him, you sit here in the good place and say to the poor man, you sit there or sit here at my footstool. Oh, you mean seating people according to stature or rank? Exactly what our parable was doing. Can I tell you just a real quick story here? 
Oh yeah. I took a, I took a church out in Germantown Hills. Um, I'd tell you the name of it, but I really don't want to. And the first board meeting we had after I became the pastor, I looked at the guy who was the treasurer. I looked at him and I said, I said, here's the rule. Don't you ever tell me what anybody gives. Mm -hmm. I do not want to know it. And that rule will not be broken. And I didn't know who gave what. Mm -hmm. That's a very, very good rule. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm human. Would I have showed favoritism? I don't think I would have. But there's always that chance, isn't there? Because being well, a human being. So I didn't want to know. Doesn't Jesus say, lead us not into temptation? You're, you're removing even the temptation of showing that favoritism. Right. Yeah. That's a good rule. Yeah. And maybe the worst thing you can do is pay attention to what they're wearing. Uh -huh. because, because if they're wearing very nice clothes, it could lead you to think, oh, you have more money. Yep. You know, that's right. Uh, let's keep going. Verse four. Have you not shown partiality among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Oh, like getting repaid or getting higher donations or getting better deals or whatever it is. Verse five, listen, my beloved brethren, has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he promised to those who love him? Well, why are the poor of the world rich in faith? Well, because they don't have anything else. If you don't have a lot of money and things like that, what are you going to do? Trust God. But if you have a lot of money and a lot of backup and things like that, what are you going to do? Be less likely to trust God? I think so. Now, Jesus never says it's wrong to be rich, ever. In fact, God uses wealth all the time for his purposes. But it can be a temptation. And it can cause you to not trust him as much. Uh, you know what? I, I'm going to break this. Turn to Proverbs chapter 30. Uh, one of my favorite verses in terms of, you know, wealth or, you know, possessions or how much you have. Uh, Proverbs chapter 30. I'm finding the verse right now. Uh, verse 8. Remove falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Now, that's interesting. Feed me with the food allotted to me. Give me what you're going to give me. Verse 9, lest I be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord? Well, if you have a lot, you might think you don't need God. And then the second half of verse 9, or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. Because if I don't have enough, I might think sinful thoughts about how to get what I need. Give me just enough, God, neither poverty nor riches. Give me what I need, what's allotted to me. All right, so that's, that's my favorite verse on that one. So back in James 2, verse 6, it says, But you have dishonored the poor man. Do not the rich oppress you and drag you into the courts? Do they not blaspheme that noble name by which you are called? Well, that's interesting. What James is saying, the very people you show favoritism to are the people that oppress you. And they're the very people that say bad things about Christ. Why in the world would you show favoritism to them? Maybe because I think I can get something out of it to help myself. 
Mm -hmm. That's a bad thought. Mm. Verse eight, if you really fulfill the royal law, according to the scriptures, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you do well. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. Anytime you show favoritism, it's a sin. Uh, one of my kids' current favorites, favorite stories is the story of Joseph. And so we talk to them, you know, we say, well, you know, Jacob, Joseph was Jacob's favorite. And the way I say that is, well, you know, one of my sons is named Dex. I say, Dex, this would be like if I gave Eli ice cream and I didn't give you any. And to, to my boys and ice cream, that would be like the biggest injustice on the planet. <laughs> and so this idea of favoritism really resonates with them. Like, I get that. That would be really mean of you, dad, if you only gave ice cream to one of us. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and it's a simple way to get the point across. Look, we aren't to show favoritism ever. And God never shows favoritism because he causes the sun to rise on the unjust and the just. Yeah. He's giving everybody a chance. All righty. So that's the parable of the wedding inviter or the dinner inviter or the dinner host, I think, as I call it in the book. Uh, now we get to talk more about money. This is the parable of the wise steward is where we're going to go next. And this one, sometimes this one can be a little confusing. Um, this is in Luke 16. Sometimes this uh, parable can be a bit confusing because we have these ideas about money that aren't necessarily biblical. And so we're going to dig into the subject of money a little bit. Um, and so we're going to talk about money. So Curtis, you know, you can, uh, you can take away my paycheck for this week if you want, because, uh, <laughs> you know, some people don't like talking about money. <laughs> you'd, have I, to you'd have to dribble that check to the bank. Well, yeah, you would. <laughs> I was going to say, if anybody's listening, my paycheck for this week is precisely $0. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> which I don't want to do this for money. So that's just fine. That isn't set out of spite or anything like that. Um, I do this because I think God called us to do this, that's not, right, yeah. not because I think I'm going to get any money out of it. Okay. And, and that's why we wanted you as a member of the team, Lucas. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. So this is called the parable of the wise steward. Um, sometimes that word wise is called shrewd because I think it's shrewd in the, uh, in the King James, right? And so uh, shrewd just means wise. And so yes. I called it wise because nobody talks like they talk in the King James. Right, Pastor Dick? Well, oh, sorry. Sorry. I don't uh, want to, you know, I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just getting your goat a little bit. <laughs> I'm well, allowed yeah, to do that. Well, I, I, I can't help it. <laughs> my, my mother used to spank me with the Schofield Reference Bible. And, you know, I got kind of got used to became a <laughs> Well, look at your, well, you're just a Bible thumper now. I mean, I hear it whenever time I listen to your podcast, I hear you thumping that Bible on the table. <laughs> uh, do I, am I, I have a Bible thumper. My yeah, you, you actually are because you literally hit it with your fist. I don't, I'm, I was unaware of it until you told me. Well, because <laughs> that's all I think Bible thumper means. Okay. <laughs> all right. Enough of that. So the parable of the, the wise steward here. Uh, happens right after the uh, trio of lost parables, which we will probably do at the very end, because I like to end on the parable of the lost son or the prodigal son last. I kind of cadence with that one. 
But anyway, uh, Luke chapter 16, verse 1, it says, He also said to his disciples, There was a certain rich man who had a steward or a manager, and an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. So he called him and said to him, What is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship, for you can no longer be a steward. Then the steward said within himself, what shall I do? For my master is taking the stewardship away from me. I cannot dig. I am ashamed to beg. I have resolved what to do, that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his master's debtors to him and said to the first, how much do you owe my master? Verse six. And he said, a hundred measures of oil. So he said to him, take your bill and sit down quickly and write 50. Then he said to another, and how much do you owe? So he said, a hundred measures of wheat. And he said to him, take your bill and write 80. So the master commended the unjust steward because he had dealt shrewdly or wisely. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. Now, what is going on here? It's a little confusing because this guy who did something bad and is getting kicked out of his stewardship or what he's managing is called wise. Well, didn't he do something bad? Okay, what's going on here? Well, what he did was he used money in a wise way. He used money to make friends. Uh, He didn't think he was capable of any work but this stewardship, taking care of something at the house. So when he wasn't allowed to do that, well, what he was going to do is make friends so they would accept him into a new job. Well, how did he do that? Well, he took their debts and he made their debts lower. Well, from his perspective, that was pretty wise because when people, you know, knock money off of what you owe them, they're going to like you a lot better. And so that's what he did. That's why this steward is wise, because he used money to make friends, because he knew he was going to need them right after he get kicked out of the stewardship. All right. That's what's going on in the parable. So now verse nine, this is now Jesus talking to his audience uh, about the meaning of the parable. And I say to you, make friends for yourself by unrighteous mammon that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. Okay, well, you know what? You're the King James guy, Pastor Dick. What's mammon? Money, dough, dough. money, moolah. <laughs> money. It could, I've heard it called the personification of money. Yeah. But you know what? It's money. Yeah. Well, it says it's unrighteous here. Well, right? why is money unrighteous? Well, because it can be used for good or bad. I can use my money as a donation to somebody for God's purposes. That's very good. Or I can use my money to bribe someone, which is bad. Mm. Money has no righteous or unrighteous quality to it. If we could say it's neutral. And so what Jesus is saying is use your money in a good way because money can't be used good or bad. So that's what we just, we just said a second ago. God never says it's wrong to be rich. What's wrong is how you use your money. And it says that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. Uh, This verse is a little confusing uh, because it says when you fail, does that mean when you die? They may receive you into an everlasting home. Well, if it does mean when you die, 
here's what I think could happen here. If I use my money in wise ways, like let's say I buy a tract and I leave it at a restaurant and somebody reads that and they believe, or maybe I donate to a pastor so they can preach and somebody gets saved through his preaching. And when I die, when I get to heaven, there will be people there that say, I am so glad that you spent money on this or that because that money you spent caused me to hear the gospel and that's why I'm here. What a what a humbling thing in heaven to be to be told something like that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it'll ever happen to me, <laughs> but I tell you, I do my best because maybe one of those tracks that I leave at restaurants that, you know, I know probably gets thrown away most of the time. Maybe one of those gets read and maybe one of those is the reason somebody goes to heaven. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't do anything. The only, I, the only thing I did was I had faith that God could use the gospel on that track. Hmm. So I'm not puffing myself up. I'm saying I'm trusting that God can use the gospel wherever it's spread. And boy, wouldn't it be wonderful if said, Lucas, you left that tract on that table and I read it and now I'm here. That would be pretty cool. Well, as you get older, that probably will happen to you because I'm 81 years old and I've been doing this thing since I was in my 20s. And yeah, I've had people come back. Mm -hmm. So you've had that happen here on Earth. That's it. That's pretty neat. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's humbling. It really is. It's very it's humble. Encur- it's encouraging to keep me going and doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So the, the other thing, that's if this word fail means like die. Um, the other thing in context, fail could mean when you run out of money. Yeah. This everlasting home, maybe it's talking about the, the righteous quality of the friendship you used with your money. And so when you fail, when you run out of money, when you need some, well, those friends you made with your money, well, maybe they'll give you some that you need. Maybe they'll take care of you. So awesome. with, with this verse, I, it could mean any, depending on the context. And I don't think either are wrong necessarily. Um, this is one of those verses. When we get up to heaven, I'll ask God, what, which one was it? <laughs> Because, you know, this passage, I know you meant what you meant by this. So which one? Yeah. Because I'm not totally sure, but either are good. Um, Verse 10, we're going to keep going. And then we're going to talk about money a little bit. Uh, Mm -hmm. Verse 10, he who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. And so if you can't handle a little bit of money, you aren't going to be able to handle a lot of money. And, you know, typically we say to God, well, let me try, (laughs) you know, (laughs) give me more money. No, really, I can do it. And maybe we can. Um, But, you know, if you're not faithful with a little bit, uh, maybe you won't be faithful with a lot. Uh, This is one of those. So if you're, uh, if you're listening to this, not in America, uh, we have this thing in America called the American dream. And it typically goes sort of like this as I grow up I get an education I get married I get this wonderful house and uh, I get a a salary a paycheck that just continually goes up 
until I retire and then I have enough money to live the rest of my life without working. Um, that's sort of the sort of the American dream. It has variations, but that's it. You know, I'm not sure if that's biblical because God gives us what we need. So we don't necessarily need our paycheck to go up and up and up. Maybe God only wants us to be faithful with that same level of paycheck for a while. Maybe it's going to go down sometime in life and then go up later. Oh, we don't know. We're just supposed to trust him with it. So just, you know, if you think you want more or there's some sort of paycheck, there's some sort of dollar amount that you think, boy, if I just had this much, then I could really live the way I want. I'm telling you right now, it's trust God with it. Uh, there's a verse in Ecclesiastes that says, he who loves silver will never be satisfied with silver. So if you think there's some dollar amount that'll make you happy, I guarantee you when you hit that dollar amount, there's going to be a new one that you set for yourself. So be content with what you have. Yep. Uh, verse 11, we'll keep going. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, so basically, if you haven't been faithful to God with your money, who will commit to you your trust, the true riches? So this is a little humbling to us, and it shows God's importance on money and how we treat the resources he gives us. So when he says, who will commit to your trust the true riches? What is he talking about? He's talking about those treasures in heaven. He's talking about those things that last into eternity. If you can't be faithful with the money God gives you, you're not going to be faithful with the everlasting types of things that God may give you. So be very careful with your money. Um, I heard a story. I had a friend who they decided at some point in their life that they didn't need to donate money anymore to church or anything else. They just decided, you know what, I'll be fine. Well, all of a sudden, their car started breaking down. Their house started having repairs that they needed to take care of. They started having medical expenses. And she said, all right, God, I get it. <laughs> So basically, she, she decided that she didn't need to donate, and God started showing her, you know what? I'm the one in control of your money. You be faithful with your money, and I'll be faithful to you <laughs> kind of thing. So how we use our money is very important. Uh, verse 12, and if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? So if you can't take care of what is someone else's, they might not give anything to you to take care of. Because sometimes what would happen uh, in, in this Bible times is you would be a steward over somebody's house or part of their house, and eventually they would just give you some of that, and you would start to become your own owner of something. Well, if you can't take care of that person's stuff, they're not going to give you any stuff of your own to have. So just an important lesson. All right, now we get to the fun one. Verse 13. No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So that, be very careful. If you're trying to make money all the time, you're not, almost by definition, you're not serving God. Now, again, anything wrong with making a lot of money? Not one no. single thing. It's how you use it. 
but if your aim in life is to make money, well, yeah. that's by definition not serving God. Yep. All right, let's look a little bit more. There's a bunch of proverbs about money. And so one of the things this, pro this parable points out is that you can make friends with money. And our knee-jerk reaction to that is say, well, they're not real friends. Well, I don't know about that. Turn to Proverbs chapter 19. And we're going to just go into a little bit um, what Proverbs has to say about money. Now, I love the book of Proverbs, but I've noticed that when I teach, if I just say proverb after proverb, sometimes it kind of gets lost of, of what I'm trying to say. Um, but with these, um, so I, try, I, I say that to say I'm trying not to do that. But at the same time, I'm just going to kind of break down what Proverbs says about money. And, you know, hopefully we get some teaching out of that. Ver chapter uh, 19 of Proverbs, verse 4, it says, Wealth makes many friends, but the poor is separated from his friend. Yeah. So there's nothing in there about whether they're, quote, true friends or not. They're just wealth makes friends. Why? Well, when you're generous, people are friendly. That's a pretty easy one. Um, Proverbs 18, verse 11, it says, The rich man's wealth is his strong city and like a high wall in his own esteem. So the more wealth you have, the more protected you are. Um, we've seen that lately in the past year and a half or so. You know, if you had a little bit more money or a little bit better job, you were a little bit better insulated from some of the things that happened over the past year and a half. Um, Proverbs 18, verse 16, it says, A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. Boy, if you give a lot of money to somebody, well, that's going to make you friends and give you inroads to other people. Okay, it is what it is. Uh, chapter 19, verse 6, it says, Many entreat the favor of nobility, and every man is a friend to one who gives gifts. So I would encourage you, give gifts, because that helps you not only make friends, as the Bible says, but it helps you keep friends, and it actually increases your friendship uh, when you're giving them for the right reason. And then yeah. Proverbs 21, verse 13, says, whoever shuts his ear to the cry of the poor will also cry himself and not be heard. Wow. So if you see someone poor and you're shutting your ears to that, there is a chance that when you cry out for something, you won't be heard by anybody. So they'll have people have that same attitude that you have. And so the whole point is that wealth makes friends. I would encourage you, listener, be generous. Be generous with your money and don't expect it in return or anything like that. So, all right, let's see. What time is it? Oh, man, it's been an hour. It has. It was a, it was a quick hit. A quick hour, but a whole lot of stuff and packed in there. Yeah, boy, time flies. I was just looking forward to the next one, but I think we should stop. We'll <laughs> that, wait until next week. I okay. was just on a roll like Pastor Dick gets. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, speaking of a, a roll of money or what? Well, yeah. Oh, no. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> never mind. For our, do you, for our do listeners, you, we do this to one another because we love each other. That's right. That's the truth. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. <laughs> have fun. Thanks, brother. Yeah. So, yeah. So next week, we'll be talking about the parable of the barren freak, <laughs> the barren fig tree. Oh, okay. 
And that's a fun one because we get to talk about how God uses people or doesn't use people. And a lot of times there's some confusion because the parable happens to mention this idea of fire and branches getting thrown into a fire. Well, actually, excuse me, the parable doesn't mention that. Another verse we're going to go into mentions that. Okay. And so we're going to have some fun with that one next week. We sure will. We've been having fun with all of ours that we do, and we enjoy having you. Uh, you're a valuable member of our team, and uh, uh, and uh, we're just just grateful to God that we've got you. Well, true. I'm just happy that hopefully somebody's listening. Yeah. <laughs> and if they're learning, they are, sir. Yeah. if they're learning, then God's word has not returned void. And that's all we care yeah. about. Yeah. Yep. We don't like to deal with numbers very much, but I want, I want you to know that the number of people that listen to you and to me and to J.B. Hickson has been increasing rapidly. And it humbles me kind of scares me a little bit i don't want to make any mistakes with that many people listening but what happens is we're doing what god told us to do the things that you have learned the same commit the faithful men who shall be able to teach others also so that's what we're doing to educate edify encourage and to evangelize so and you're helping us, and we're just so grateful to you. Okay, keep it up. We'll we'll see you again next Saturday night on well, the podcast, I, and maybe before. Actually, now that I think of it, we did forget one thing. Uh, if you're listening to this and you've never trusted in Christ, uh, we want to encourage you that you can do it right now. You can trust in Jesus, who died for your sins and rose from the grave, and when you believe that. He gives you eternal life. That's right. And we will be so happy to see you there in heaven one day. That's our prayer. That's our daily prayer. Mm -hmm. And we end all of our podcasts with an invitation because we want people to be saved. Most important Mm -hmm. thing in life is new life in Jesus Christ. And and we we want to see you in heaven someday. Well, we sure do. God, God does, and so do we. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll close with that, and I'll let Curtis have the final say. What do you think? Well, I, I was going to suggest you do a close for us tonight, Pastor. Just let our let people know where they can reach us, uh, when we're going to be available next on for podcast. Okay. Well, next, uh, let's see, Tuesday morning, J.B. Hickson will be on. All right. We'll have J.B. Tuesday. Yeah, yeah a great great man of God. Yes. Uh, then uh, next Saturday morning, I'll be on. Yep. And next Saturday night, God willing, Lucas will be back. Right. Yeah. And so um, we uh, we look at each other as teammates in the gospel. So until Tuesday morning, we, uh, we need to sign off uh, for right now, but we will, uh, we will be back together with you in fellowship, in faith, and uh, and we we look forward to that on Tuesday morning. We want to thank Lucas Doremus again uh, for being with us as usual tonight. Lucas, thank you so much. And uh, we really appreciate uh, your heart. Uh, you, you've got a servant's heart. And we know you love the Lord. And, and we know you love people. 
and uh, we we uh, we really appreciate you uh, bringing your your gifts to the table here. Uh, so do our listeners, I'm certain, and I'm I'm pretty sure we're going to start hearing more about that uh, now that we have our own website, what says the scripture.com and, uh, the emails, which is, uh, now if I'm correct, I haven't seen it yet, but it's Curtis at what says the scripture.com and Lucas at what says the scripture.com. So you can get a hold of either one of us. If you have, even if you have questions for pastor Dick, uh, you can forward it to either one of us and we will pass it on to pastor Dick. He just yeah, doesn't do email. He doesn't no. care. You know, and well. that's fine. I, I wish I didn't have to do email. Uh, but also, <laughs> uh, if you want to get a hold of Pastor yeah. JB, yes. uh, notbyworks.org is where you get a hold of him. And we have a link. Uh, I know you put a link to, yep. to notbyworks.org on our website, which I'm happy that you did that. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, we, we want we want people to be familiar with uh, Dr. JB Hickson's website and ministry. So uh, thank you again, Lucas, for all that you've done. And, and uh, we look forward to seeing you again uh, next Saturday evening, if not before. Yeah. Okay. All right, my brother. You have a great evening. And, and to all of our listeners, we thank you again for being with us tonight. Uh, until Tuesday morning, when we hit the airwaves again, we hope you're with us then. But until then, may God bless and keep you. And this is the Christian Underground News Network signing off. Until Tuesday morning, we'll see you then. Bye-bye.